For us to keep our reputation, like every single one of them has to be quality. You know, we're not half-assing any of it. There's no like, oh, we'll just we'll just get by with that one. Every single touch point, every single client, every single event, there's so much pressure. I think that I put on myself and then put on to people like Dave on our team to be like, it's gotta be great. Hello and welcome to the Race Mob Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm Kevin, entrepreneur, technology and fitness nerd, and the founder of Race Mob. I'm joined by the founder of Too Legit Fitness, co-chair of the Taji 100, RRCA certified coach, USA track and field certified official, the incomparable Bertrand Newsom. In today's episode, we talk with JT Service and David Monaco of Soul Focus Sports. You can find all the show notes online at racemob.com slash podcasts. And without further ado, let's get right into the interview. We are excited to welcome JT Service and David Monaco to the podcast. JT's companies, Soul Focus Sports and Silverback Pacific, are responsible for the production of some of the most iconic races here in the Bay Area, including the San Francisco Marathon, Beta Breakers, Giants Race, and the Stanford Summer Scamper which benefits the Lucille Packard Foundation. In addition, they've worked on some exciting activations with some of the biggest brands in the industry, including Hoka One One, Adidas, and Under Armour. Even more near and dear to our hearts is Soul Focus's flagship events, the Run Local Event Series, which includes the 408K Race to the Row, the San Jose Shamrock Run, Silicon Valley Half Marathon, Across the Bay 12K and 415K, and the East Bay 510K. It also includes the newly minted California Coast 500. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Well, Bertrand and I firmly believe that the race day experience is so much better when you get to know the team putting on the race and when you get to pull back the curtain a little bit and hear some of their stories. So we wanted our audience to get to know you guys a little bit better. Yeah, that's cool. I, it's funny because I think Dave and I were just talking about it. We're like, why would they want to know us? What do they, <laughs> what? <laughs> we move cones around. We set Facebook budgets. We try, you know, <laughs> Sometimes you don't realize what you do or that people care. And it's cool yeah. to hear that, hear that you yeah. do. So yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely care. We absolutely care. Now, I know Bertrand and I, we kind of got into running kind of later in life, um, you know, when we were in our 20s and our 30s. But I think, JT, you were kind of born into the sport, if, uh, if yeah, that's true. that's a good way to put it. I probably couldn't have avoided it if I wanted to. Uh, I think I even did try to avoid it for a little bit. But yeah, my dad was a local coach, uh, high school coach in San Jose, Um at Leland High School, he had some some really top athletes. Daniel Sekirik, who was uh, won state championship. Emily Allison, who won a state championship, was a Foot Locker finalist. And so wow. he took that, and then he went on to Santa Clara University and coached there. And so when you're the son of like the of a of a coach like that, people find out that you should be running too. And I think that's what happened at my high school. My coach Mike Sasso was like, "Is he your dad, Tom Service? Like you're running cross country?" And I was like, "I was going to play basketball." Like this, what? <laughs> and they're like, you're five foot three. You're not going to play basketball. So um, that you didn't have a choice. Yeah, it was it was born into it, and, and it, it was pretty fun though. I, I, I got fortunate to be forced into it. But Dave too. Dave, Dave's been running around San Jose forever. We were racing each other back in high school. 
Yeah, was that JT, right? Yeah. He's got a good Spud Web game. We've played a couple <laughs> couple times. That's about it. I'm glad JT found running. Small ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ran against JT in high school. It was crazy. We've known each other a long time. Um, and that's about the time I got into it as well. PE coach was like, hey, we don't got anybody from the freshman class running cross country. And anybody want to sign up? And I thought, that's ah, a great way to get in shape for basketball season in the winter. And uh, never tried out for basketball. It was just all running from then on out. So, David, did you end up running in college as well? Yeah, you know, funny enough, JT and I actually both ended up at UC Santa Barbara. Um, And uh, yeah, so we've we went from I wouldn't even say high school rivals. Uh, JT was, I think, a little bit better than I was. And then we probably equaled out by our senior year. Um, And then uh, we became teammates along with a lot of our other, uh, you know, former high school rivals from the area in San Jose. We had a bunch of kids from the area on the team at the time. So this was uh, late 90s, 99, 2000. Um, and so that was a lot of fun, you know, going from that high school environment of just kind of knowing these guys and racing it against them occasionally. Then all of a sudden you're being teammates and, you know, for some of us now, coworkers and colleagues and friends. So it's, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, Dave, just out of curiosity, what high school did you attend? Oh, yeah. I went to Piedmont Hills High School, um, just kind of up from the airport on the east side there. Local boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All San Jose. Paint me a little picture of what college is like for a, you know, for a, for a runner, for a running athlete. What kind of training, what, what does training look like? Uh, what do you go through? How, and I know that you guys started to become fairly elite runners um, kind of towards the end of your time at college. So tell me a little bit about like, I mean, give people a little clarity on what your training schedule was like and then what kind of numbers were you putting up? You want yeah. that one, Dave? Yeah, JT probably had a little bit more education than I did with his dad. I, but I think there was a lot of just like lack of education on training back then. We were in a program, fortunately, where we had a coach, Coach Pete Dolan, that uh, was, uh, you know, he he followed guys like Arthur Lydiard and what some of the big Oregon coaches did. And so we were a pretty, you know, high mileage program, what they called it back then. So we were... We were starting off running, you know, 60, 70, up to 80 miles a week, our freshman and sophomore year. And I think both JT and I, probably the time we were done, you know, we were during the summertime, probably logging in, you know, over a hundred miles a week during summer training. So it became, uh, yeah, it became pretty intense. Like even in a place like UCSB, you know, where there's plenty of opportunities to party, which, you know, we dabbled in occasionally. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, if you if you wanted to succeed, I'm saying you you had to be pretty serious and consistent. Um, there's just there's no hiding it when it comes to running. Uh, I think you can do that in some team sports. Sometimes you can have an off day, but there's just no hiding in running. Mm. You know, you got to put the work in. A lot of two a days. Like you get up yeah. early morning, easy run. Afternoon was a hard run. Like four and eight, six and ten, shakeouts, and then a workout. It was just like. It was beefy. It was a lot of running. There was there was some Sunday mornings I recall getting uh, JT out of bed. Both of us mm. a little, uh, little maybe still a little in, a little, little inebriated. Late. Maybe uh, you know. Gotta there's get still some Sundays it. like that. Yeah, hydration. Yeah. Hydration and is important in running. I know. Yeah, Speaking of, you know, um, as we uh, did mention on the front end. Yep. There we go. Oh, yeah. What is everybody cheers. drinking right there? Right? Cheers, cheers. Oh yeah. I just got like my water th- today. That's a good beer. Um, oh, you guys are both. What do you got? This is a new Belgium. This oh, you new, guys are. Yeah. I love the way you guys are doing Mondays. I have, I've got a highball energy drink. I'm going the opposite way. I'm going up. 
I've got a few more hours of work to do. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. You still got to meet with Giants Race later today. I got some Giant stuff. Race. <laughs> yeah. We've got a new project we're working on for the Beer Mile. So very appropriate wow. that you guys are having a, a Beer Mile right now. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of cool things going on. Actually, just hearing you say kind of, you know, some of the things that Run Local does or Soul Focus does and then Silverback, it freaks me out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? It's so, it's a lot, dude. (laughs) It's like a lot of things from, we break it down for client side to the things we own to, you know, things we do for other people on the experiential side, the brand pieces. And we just, for, for us to keep our reputation, like every single one of them has to be quality. You know, we're not half-assing any of it. There's no like, oh, we'll just, we'll just get by with that one. Every single touch point, every single client, every single event there's so much pressure I think that I put on myself and then put on to people like Dave on our team to be like, uh, it's gotta be great. That's how we do it. It's gotta be good. <laughs> so Dave, I don't know. Maybe that's a question for Dave. Am I killing you day by day? <laughs> At times. Yes. No, we, we, we have a very, we have a very healthy uh, yes problem. I, I think, you know, everybody that we work with, we enjoy working with, we're passionate about what we do. That's what JT is like, you know, you could hear the passion in his voice and that goes into our work. Like we get pissed if something's not at the quality that it should be, you know, something as little as like an email went out this morning that mentioned cycling in the oh, California yeah. coast 500 email. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh man, I can't believe I let that one slip. Like, you know, there's little things, there's big things, but it just speaks to this overall environment of like, we want things to be done really well at a high level because our community deserves it. You know, the participants Mm -hmm. that are at these races, like they deserve a really good experience. Well, I mean, you guys weren't always this big. Obviously you guys started smaller. Can you kind of take us back to those early days? Like what were the first... What was the first event that Soul Focus Sports put on? What were mm-hmm. kind of those initial races that you guys put together? Take us back in time. Yeah, I think it's at, it's a good time for that question. So <laughs> Soul Focus has been around for 10 years. Um, in 2009, 2010, I split off from a previous agency called Evolve Sports. Served Soul Focus by myself and then slowly started to add some team members. Um, but we got two clients at the same time. Uh, the Lucille Packard Children's Hospital uh, was looking for a company to produce their first annual summer scamper. Um, and then the San Francisco Giants were looking to, to move on to, to, for a new company to help put on the giant race. So, but I'd say the first race we ever did was the summer scamper. This was supposed to be the 10th annual. It would have happened last Sunday, uh, about a week ago or something like that, the 10th annual. And obviously because of current, current conditions, we weren't able to put on that 10th annual this year, but we will celebrate it in 2021, in 2021. Um, Great event, by the way, JT. Oh, it's so cool. It's got this real special, like, uh, patient focused feeling. And, you know, not all of that comes from, it certainly doesn't come from us. It's a, it's a great foundation. Uh, the, the hospital is an incredible organization. You get to learn and meet all these people. Um, (laughs) <laughs> my girlfriend right now, I've met her at the foundation. She's been worked on the event for a long time. So I, the event just keeps giving to me, um, <laughs> which is wonderful. <laughs> but 10 years later, it's, it's one of my most, it's one of my favorite things. 
and for us to keep that client for 10 years makes me feel really good. It means that we've done a good job, but it also is something that we've just stuck with our original clients as well. Same with the Giants. You know, while we haven't worked with the Giants at every level for the last 10 years, there's still a client 10 years later. So we're doing four events for them now. Um, and then I think once we started to produce some Giant races that we felt were well well organized and started to get more confidence, that's when... I started to think, well, maybe we should do this for ourselves simultaneously. Like, I think it just, you need to get confidence. Um, you produce it with other, it's like almost investing with other people's money a little bit. And then you're like, ah, oh, we can do this. Maybe we know we can get creative. So that's where we started 408K in 2012 and started, you know, represent running and what, what is now called run local events. But the idea originally was do things for other people. Then we added on another layer, which was to, to start our own events then when we nailed the 408K, it's like, all right, let's take this to San Francisco. Let's go to the East Bay. Um, and we've, we've grown on and built on top of that. But it is very much like a foundation of piece by piece, piece by piece, just adding a little bit more. Um, in 2015, when a friend of mine from Hoka, Hoka was a very small company at the time, was like, hey, we need some, some innovative ideas to attract to high school runners to these new shoes. And so then we started working on Hoka business and then Under Armour opportunity came around. So it's really just been like, um, maybe it's a little bit of my ADD some that I can't just do one thing. I can't just produce events like Dave McGilvery out in Boston and be like, we are the event producers for other people's stuff. It's like, I, I can't do that. I can't wake up and just do the same thing all the time. So we've added and gotten very creative with how we interact with the endurance sports world um, at a lot of different uh a lot of different areas, a lot of different levels, I think. So I, I hope that answers. It's 2010 to 2020 has been about adding a little bit here and there every year. Were there ever times that you thought, you know, an event wasn't going to happen or that you ran into issues? Can you take mm. me through some scenarios where like you were, where you were running up against problems or issues? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think if we had Justin Coburn, our course manager on this call, he would say, you put me in a van with no brakes you put 12 <laughs> volunteers into the van. I've been up for 36 hours and you told me to just start dropping them all over the course and having people point them where to go. And he's like, that was going to be my last day of work at Soul Focus. And it was like, yeah, but we got through it. You know, like it worked out. You did a great job. <laughs> so uh, that's, you know, these early giant races were always big because I think we were, we were playing on a bigger level than sometimes we knew we were. Uh, sometimes the race doesn't go perfectly. But it's those failures, it's those like giant races and those things where you do have to pull an all-nighter or you did have to figure it out at the last minute or you had these monster lessons that then give you confidence to be like, well, I'm never going to make that mistake again. Or th maybe people didn't see what the challenges you had to go through, but you, you get these just wonderful character building and company building moments. And maybe the people as well. I'd say like these times going through with Dave, uh, you your bonds get incredibly tight in, in the event world. So it's it's those struggles and those really tough ones, those tough events that we're like, okay, like we can do this and we can do it better next time. So I I'd, I don't know if there's some specific ones. This year will probably go down as <laughs> one of the more, more difficult ones and also the time I'm maybe most proud of the team as well. So I don't want to jump ahead, but um, it's hard to, hard to compare. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess probably a lot of runners think, oh, these things just run themselves or you just show up at the starting line and, mm. you know, and they don't really appreciate the amount of work, the amount of effort that goes into each and every event, especially 
a brand new a lot of the a lot of the races that you put on there's no specific set course when you show up right you have like these area code races it's an 8k i don't think there's an 8k like here in san jose course so you probably had to make that up create that figure Mm -hmm. that out figure out so i mean again peel me you know take us back behind the curtain a little bit for like creating some of these races the amount of thought and effort you guys put into you yeah maybe the Sure. Maybe the the four one five k the cross the bay twelve k since those are those some of the ones coming up. Um, yeah, that one's pretty cool, and I lo- I like that story. Yeah. And and maybe I can give credit away that t- there too because across the bay has been around for Dave. Do you know how many years? Thirty seven years. Thirty seven years. Yeah, thirty seven years. So Dave Rody was very much uh, Rody Co Productions was Soul Focus Sports through the eighties and the nineties and. And I ran his races after I got out of college and got to run across the bay. And I loved it. I loved the, the point-to-point aspect. I loved the Golden Gate Bridge. I loved how competitive it was. It's just a beautiful, it's a really cool race. And then we heard um, across the bay that he was winding down a little bit. You know, it's, it's not easy to do this job for a really long time. I think Dave did it for the 80s, you know, 30 years, 30 plus years. And that's a, that's a long haul at any job. It's a really long haul as a race director. Um, and so he was, they weren't going to put on across the bay. Um, and I think from a community aspect, we a I I wanted to keep that tradition alive, like keep it going. Two, I like Dave. Dave's always been a great mentor, and we found a way to transition that event from Rodeco into into run local events, into Soul Focus, and us to keep that tradition alive. And so he was just so generous with the way that we were able to make that um, financially work, but also on how they were able to transfer the knowledge base that it took to work with five different agencies, the Golden Gate Bridge Authority, uh, GGNRA, the National Park Service, the City of San Francisco, the uh, Parks and Rec. It's like, that's a permit for every single one of those. Um, I quickly took those permits and I handed them to that, uh, you know, uh, other people on my team that are much smarter <laughs> than me. Um, and and they've, they've done a great job with it. But we were able to take that event. I think it had 2,300 people or something the last year. Dave did it and we brought it back to like, 5,200 uh, wow. the next year with like a lot of love and trying to connect the Bay Area from San Jose to the East Bay to San Francisco. Um, so that event is in a, such a cool place. And Dave, uh, I would love to, to give him and the team credit for what they've done this year on a virtual level. And so maybe Dave, you can speak to that of like, how do we, how we're keeping the community and local aspect alive, even though there won't be a physical event. Yeah. And I, I've been using with the team, like the analogy right now, uh, with these virtual events, but I think it speaks to even the live events. It's like, it's producing a movie, right? You have all the logistics that go into creating a movie, but what actually makes a movie so special is the story. You know, when you're in the theater and sharing that with people, that's what we do, right? We're creating this shared experience at a, at a starting line, um, with everybody. Um, and so you have like what you do on the operation side, which is sometimes I think, like if people don't see that we've done our job well, like JT just explained, you know, five different permits that we have to go through, right. To have that race uh, happen. Um, But then the storytelling piece is so important. And I think that's allowed us to actually transition to virtual events so well in kind of a nice special way versus just being comfortable with like, well, we're taking your money. Here's a shirt and a medal. It's like, no, we, we want to bring more to it. We did that with the California coast 500 with across the Bay, we're going to be launching this whole like page on the race 415 side. That's going to like speak to the eighties. We're going to bring Dave Rohde in uh, JT already did a podcast with them. Right. We have cool old photographs. Like 
we're just whether we're just doing it for ourselves to keep ourselves busy. We just, <laughs> that's hopefully it. Hopefully, the people feel it. Like we just want to make sure that that yeah, the story gets across. So, but yeah, the default. At least we're making yeah, cool. ourselves feel good um, by doing all this work. If if the people don't yep. feel it, but I think they do. <laughs> I think they do too. Absolutely. But Dave, Dave like undersells it a little bit. He's like, oh, that's what we do as race directors. We tell the stories. Like, no, like the industry does not do that. That's that's really a, I believe, a, right. a separating piece. Which is, right. yes, that's what that's what this company does, and that's what the best do. Which is take it seriously. Try to take the sport seriously. Try to take you know the, what it means to people to go and do it. And I think people will get tired of virtual events without that without making it special, without giving them something to grasp onto after the run, before the run, uh, it, it just won't mean as much. Um, so. Right. And so Dave's done a great job of that. He's a master, master storyteller from a PR perspective. I think you're 100% right. I think the story is so integral to the entire idea of virtual runs, virtual races. I mean, I think as a runner... You know, I try to tell my friends, yeah, I'm interested in these virtual runs. Obviously, the California Coast 500 has been an integral part of the last couple of weeks for me. I mean, you can, you cool. can take a look at my runs before we started June 7th. And like all of a sudden, yeah, it's it's crazy right now. Um, and I think when I tell people about these virtual runs or virtual races, you know, it's not about just getting swag, just getting, you know, T-shirts or medals or any of that you really are taking that money and you're investing it into yourself, your health, your personal mm. wellness, your personal well-being, right? I mean, those $60 on the California Coast 500, they're the best $60 I've spent in a <laughs> long, long, long time. Because wow, it's like, you. I've got to go out every day and I've got to go, right? Like prove myself, prove it to the other people that are running with me along the way. And so for me, it's like, yeah, but without that story, without... You know, you guys helping us along, making that in a better experience, a great experience, it it does kind of go away, go by the wayside, right? So I think what you guys are doing with virtual events, um, it's it's unparalleled in the industry, and I think you guys are doing just a fantastic job, fantastic job. Yeah. Thank you. And honestly, I, we're hearing that a lot. Like, we're getting that feedback, and it may be one of the more dynamic things we've done in a long time because of the, the, the narrative and the, the pieces the team put into it. And the relationship they built with Power Lab from a technologies perspective. And they said, Power Lab's like, well, it might be tough to do the map part. And it's like, well, we need a map. And so they just, they, you know, they stuck to their guns and it, and it makes it so sticky. I'm hearing people all the time, different people, like, I'm running more now than I have been in years. More than I have in my entire life. You've given me something to look at every, all the, the, the entire time. And that's, that's what Dave and his marketing team have created. It's, and, and during this time, yeah, unprecedented times where people are dealing with... Uh, financial hardship in some cases, mm -hmm. uncertainty, um, kids going back to school, not going back to school, being able to have a sense of community, even with the, the, the virtual race format, which in some cases there were some stereotypes about virtual races and, you know, fly by night of companies coming in, you know. Um, <laughs> I might have said but, something. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, keeping it 100. Um, but absolutely. The California Coast 500, it is inspiring individuals to stay active in a time frame where happiness for some is very tough to come by. So people yeah. investing back in themselves, the price point of 60 plus dollars for a, you know, three month long journey through the coast of California virtually. Man, good stuff. Good stuff. So kudos, Dave. Kudos, JT. Thank you. Well, yeah, take not us back to... The, 
the start of COVID and, you know, when you guys realized or first realized, you know, obviously you guys had a whole spring slate of races. Can you take mm. us kind of back to that time, how you guys shifted? You guys have a fairly large team and, and what, what you guys had to do and um, what was that time like? Yeah, we were, for better or worse, I'm saying we were one of the first events that had to uh, to cancel, not just in the running industry, but, you know, all together, um, especially up in the Bay Area. We formally canceled the live Shamrock Run the Monday before that was supposed to happen. Um, and we had just come off of the 408K, which always has great energy um, and just so much uncertainty. I'm saying, remember, I remember those conversations in those early days where we're like, all right, well, you know, we'll be back for across the Bay. We'll be, you know, there's maybe... Do we do Silicon Valley half? That's three years <laughs> we from now. Thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds funny now. Um, <laughs> you know, we we actually made we I, we made. I know we, but we made the right call as a company. We made the call there. at the same time. We also we postponed the Silicon Valley half at the same time, and at the time that was actually relatively radical. Like people weren't mm-hmm. canceling uh, April events yet, um, but we thought it was the right thing to do from a community perspective, from just our staff's perspective, you know, uh, we started the call mentioning, you know, I have two kids, we have other people on staff that have kids at home. It's like, how do you even produce an event in three weeks with all of this stuff going on? Um, so, you know, Shamrock, uh, was an event where it happened so quickly where we did a couple things, you know, we did some social contests, but we didn't have time to react. Um, we were really thankful to our community and still are incredibly thankful to our community for sticking with us through the Shamrock, Um, There wasn't a lot of calls for deferrals or refunds. It was just like this understanding of like, hey, we're in this together. Um, And I think that also uh, made our next step with the California Coast 500 that much more important because we knew that we wanted to do something bigger and more impactful. And so we waited and waited and we brainstormed and, you know, finally launched in early June with the California Coast 500. But yeah, it was, uh, that was an interesting time for the events world and just thinking through like, yeah, we, we can, we'll be back in a couple of days and a couple of weeks, you know, and here well, we are now planning like what's going to happen in 2021. Yeah. You know, no, nobody knows. But let me, I want to give Dave and the team even more credit on, on that transition because a, yes, they dealt with the shamrock messaging in an amazing way. It was very clear. It was defined. They did Silicon Valley at the exact same time. So it took out some thinking from people and be like, are you going to be able to do this? Like it took that question out of it. Right. And they said, we're going to postpone to the fall. Um, and and then after at that point, I'm starting to see some virtual events pop up or whatever it is. And I'm so antsy. Like I want everything now. I want to be beat everybody to the punch. I'm like pressuring down on the on Dave and the team to just be like, all right, we gotta do something. Like I'm freaking out uh behind the scenes. And they're just like, hold on, like wait, like let's let the dust settle. Let's make sure what we do matters, like is a is an actual plan of attack that's gonna be impactful. And that's why I really wanted Dave to be on the podcast today to just be like, these, these are the people that are like slowing me down. Yes, I can be like the motor and try to, you know, gas them up a little bit, but they were, they made it meaningful to the point of like, yes, it took longer. Yes, it was ever. But I think the lesson there is if you're going to do it, do it right and do it once and do it right. And, you know, that's, that's so cool to be like, oh, my own lessons of like asking for excellence and perfection are coming back to me from my own team. So it's this like beautiful uh, circle of, of leadership. So. Yeah, that was, uh, 
you know, I'll walk you guys through it because I think it's a really interesting process. And uh, Aaron Jacobson, the president of Run Local Events, I think is one of those steady hands that JT has on his <laughs> side that like balances everything out. Yeah, like no um, emotion. He's like, yeah. <laughs> love AJ. You can just talk to me all day, JT. I don't care what you're saying. I'm not going to change what we're doing. I'm like, <laughs> but it's, you know, Aaron and I and the, the marketing team, you know, we spent all of April into May and we could sense JT getting super antsy. <laughs> and I remember we had a meeting and uh, even Aaron, who's like even keel was like, somebody just launched a California challenge. It's like some company like in New York or something like we got to go. But the thoughtfulness that we had put into this plan allowed us to actually roll out the design of the website literally in a weekend. Like we went from zero to 60 and, uh, you know, being the first time we went through that process together was, uh, was really, really cool. Um, it was kind of like waking up at three o'clock in the morning and putting up cones and barricades was like our virtual way of doing that. Um, and, uh, I've, I've been saying this on some of the calls, like, I can't wait, like, to get back to just putting up barricades and cones like that sounds way more fun right now <laughs> uh, it does uh, well, cool. i mean we know a lot about the california coast 500 i guess i should have i should have stopped us and let okay. you guys explain a little bit more about what this race is i think there's over 1800 participants right yeah, now we're or, or over getting close to 2100 oh, wow. or something right now oh wow just oh, under wow. so not everyone has i think recorded their first runs or maybe that, you know, they don't intend to, but right. yeah, 20, 2,100 participants, um, right. solid. And the event goes all the way through September. Is that right? Yep. September 7th, September 8th. And you can, yep. you can sign up anytime between now, now and then. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. So I just, um, Dean Carnassus, who is a, a big part of my past. He was my first, um, the first athlete I ever represented at a law school was the ultra marathon man. And he pinged me on Friday and he's like, have you heard about this California coast 500 thing? <laughs> I was like, are you messing with me, Dean? Like, are you and I was like, that's my thing, man. Like I did my team's thing. And so it's so cool. And he's been awesome. And he's like, Oh, I want to do it. So he put it out to his social media this morning. So I expect like right. what's cool about the California coast 500 and this entire thing is that yes, it started on June 8th and it goes to September 7th and it's 500 miles from Santa Monica pier run highway one. So that's why we call it run the one to the golden gate bridge, but it doesn't start and stop like on that day. And, and that's where this virtual storytelling can get so interesting is that you can jump in at any time. You know, you can, you know, Dean, Dean can start today and, and see how many miles he can get in that. And we can tell the story of KK Fisher who ran 500 miles in 16 days. And we can, we can tell she's running 50 K a day and she's a mom of two and such a fun story. And then another guy, Joe Sharif is from Massachusetts and he's 70 years old and he's running 27 miles a day. And you're like, what the hell, Joe, I can't do that. And, and it's really cool to tell these little stories and another guy from Canada who should have finished up today, but it's for everyone at their own level. And you don't have to run 500 miles. We've got um, my mom trying to walk a hundred miles this summer, just on her normal walks every few days with her friends. And she'll get the hundred mile badge and be happy with it. My dad's counting his golf miles or whatever it's going to be, but it's for everyone at a different level. And so, yes, the 500 is that, that big lollipop goal at the end, but it doesn't have to be that it's a hundred, 200, 400. And that's where the team really created something for everybody. I think. Yeah. I'm shooting for that 250. I'm there's no way I'm getting I'm with you. <laughs> there's no I'm, way. I'm there too, Kevin. <laughs> my mind is 500, my left Achilles is 250. You're right. Yeah. 
Oh, we have to give a shout out to two. Five hundred for the big dog. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Who had I think sixty something members, maybe seventy something 70. members. The biggest team. You guys I know. Won. I thought I was like, oh, I'm for sure gonna be on the first page of this. I'm like down on the <laughs> bottom of page three. I've vlogged like sixty miles. These yeah. guys are. I mean. These guys are crazy right now. You, you guys, uh, Coach B, you, you guys have lost. I think you guys are now close to eight thousand miles collectively wow. as a as a team. Wow. That's how we roll. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And you can actually that's kind of fun too to like check your team stuff um, throughout this whole thing. So even our inner squad team uh, that puts on our events, we have our own, and there's just tons of ish talking going on um, <laughs> between if that was that wasn't a real run or you know did you put your Garmin on your dog. Uh, <laughs> So it's I mean, fun. that's the, that, that's the coolest thing about it, too, is it's not all about running. You don't have to be super fast. You don't have to go at a, a, a you know, great pace. A lot of people are walking and a lot yeah. of people are, you know, taking their time. And this is about movement. This is about getting fitness. This is about just mm-hmm. getting out there, being active. And I think, I mean, that's one of the best <sighs> parts about it. Yeah, and we need that. As Coach B said, right now we need it more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you need some uh, merch, there are some great <laughs> opportunities that. At runlocalshop.com. We just got these in, but um, yeah, you can check that out right there. If you're watching at home, the podcast people have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm putting on a hat that says California Coast 500, um, and it's a great hat. Yeah, it's a running hat, ocean blue with an emerald green California Coast emblem, 500 with California's official state poppy. Uh, decorating the outside of the emblem, plus the officially like licensed Run Local gear type on the hat side. I, what I'm trying to say is runlocalshop.com is where you can get all your gear uh, for, for running. Sweet swag. Sweet uh, that's swag. been fun to see that. Sweet swag. That's right. That's right. I got my own Run Local shirt right here. Oh, that's a cl- that's one of the <laughs> first that? ones. The classic. One classic. of the classic. Wow. Hashtag Run Local. Alisa Gammon was Old involved school. in that shirt, David. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago. Hashtags had like just come out. So we're like, we're going to put a hashtag on a shirt. <laughs> we're so cool. Uh, I'm sorry. I've derailed this conversation like no. I typically do, Kevin. This is great. Yeah. I mean, you've had this idea for a, a long time, though. I remember back in probably 2015, 2016, talking about kind of a virtual Mm-hmm. virtual run across California, one of these um, ideas and whatnot. So was it really COVID kicking your team into gear? And, and how then did you like, tra- I mean, I know you have a lot of full-time employees. So how did you transfer people from going logistics, operations side to transferring over to? I mean- <laughs> Dude, Dave, I can't even. All I do is I've hired my friends and people that have had my back since the beginning. So I get the people together, but Dave can speak to like what people are doing now that versus what they used to be doing. Wow. <laughs> Man, it's, it's been so cool. Ke- Kevin and coach B like to watch all this. Um, even things like sitting back as in the, you know, marketing director chair. Um, we've had our operations people, uh, like Angela and Justin, who JT mentioned, you know, driving the van on the early days with no support. Um, they're doing our badges. They're literally, they've literally taught themselves graphic design to make the badges. So if you think like, man, they must have these really cool, like graphic designers on staff, like it's our (laughs) operations people, um, that are uh, pulling that together. Uh, we've had people, you know, everyone's like create, helping create these tour guides, 
um, it really has been a team effort. Like it's just been really amazing to see. And I'd like to say that I had this master plan, like this person's doing this or we need this help, but it was so organic and, and so beautiful. It's like, here's yeah. the idea. Here's how it comes together. And people just stepping up like, Hey, I think I can do this. Why don't I make the Spotify playlists? I'm like, great. I wasn't even thinking about playlists and that's an amazing <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, you know, JT's brought TikTok to the table. Um, I'm not really sure how we're using that yet. I'm uh, just watching yeah. a lot of it. That's all. <laughs> no, just still in research R and D phase right now for TikTok. No, so it's been it's been super organic. It's been really cool to see um, just everyone pulling together. Well, I think that is one thing that people don't really realize. Well, I mean, two things, right? One, that your money when you are registering for a race, when you are registering for an event, you know, goes to this amazing team that is there to support you, there to support mm-hmm. your journey along the way. And also, I mean, you guys have along the way been partnering with a lot of um, amazing funds, a lot of great, great um, charitable contributions and stuff over time. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, the real reason why we want to have you guys on is because we want to make sure that people are supporting you throughout this mm, entire time. I appreciate that. And that, you know, we aren't just signing up for a willy-nilly virtual run out there, that you guys have been yep. in this community, have supported us throughout the years, have supported so many connections and friendships, including the one between Bertrand and I was at the 415 <laughs> cool. all those years ago, I think at the initial event. Um, and, awesome. And we want to make sure that people are out there supporting you guys and, and the races that you guys put on because we want to be out there next year. We, we want to be doing the virtual awesome. runs this year, but... Um, you know, we want to make sure that, that there are races and events going forward. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. We've got some friends out in Texas. Uh, no, not, well, one of them's in Texas. Now one's in Minnesota. It's a, I think they call it the early call pod. It's put on by two race directors, Eli and, and Tony, and they're calling it uh, hashtag, um, run now to run later. Um, so it's like, it's support the events that are doing the work that are actual real event producers that are the real local events. And then we're going to be able to do these in the future. Cause if we don't support them now, we, you know, we might not be back. Yeah. And that's very much the same thing with your local, your local restaurant, you know, get takeout, get pickup, you know, support local beyond, beyond just events so that we can be doing this for years to come. So we really appreciate, thank you for, for considering us. Um, and we're still afloat. Like, uh, we have 12 employees. We have not laid off a single person. We have not take, you know, declined or uh, uh, even minimized uh, anybody's paycheck or wow. something like that. So, like, I, we are, I feel like we're just crushing it in terms of supporting our team. And it's because the community continues to support us. And on top of it, the California Coast 500s raised over $20,000 for No Kid Hungry wow. and It Can't Wait at the exact same time. Like this could have been definitely a time where people just chose to focus on themselves, gave them their $60 and, and done their run. But instead they said $60 and you know what? Here's another hundred bucks for hungry kids. Like this community is special uh, on both sides of the, the starting line. Yeah. And, I, and I'll mention for, you know, Coach B and, and Kevin, I know you've been a part of this too. It's the ambassador network that we've have uh, and that JT and the, the team has cultivated even prior to when I uh, started working more and more with uh, with Run Local. That ambassador network, especially in the Bay Area, uh, it's, it's so cool to see. It's so powerful. It's meaningful. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm so thankful, like sitting back just again, from that marketing standpoint, it it just goes beyond marketing. It's just like one of those things that as a company we want to do, like we know supporting runners and the groups that are supporting others 
is just the right thing to do. Um, so it's it's been really cool to see. You know, Dave, thanks for saying that regarding the ambassadors. Um, and as much as you are thanking the local running community, what separates Run Local, formerly Represent Running, is the leadership. You guys completely immerse yourself into the community. You're not just lo looking to turn over a race and a bib. Um, you guys are present. JT's on a first name basis with so many people in the Bay Area. His, his commitment, his passion, his enthusiasm, um, his genuineness is really what separates your company from other race entities here in the Bay Area. And we know that you're grassroots. We know that you're small and you're local. And that's why it is so easy to say yes and support Run Local. And I've been very cool. fortunate myself in being an ambassador since 2015. And I've loved every minute of it. Um, and we got you, man. And we, we, we really do. The question is in all the races that you've had, you've had to have a couple of like viral special aha moments where uh. just timing and circumstances um, showcase special moments. I can think of a handful, but I want yeah. to put that question out to you and to Dave. I mean, for me, it's hard to ignore the Joe Bell moment, yeah. 2013, yeah. I think that is. So Joe Bell is a World War II veteran, lives in San Jose, and he's, his house was on the course of the 408K, and he's we heard the event was supporting um, uh, Pat Tillman, a, a fallen Army Ranger, and he came out in his World War II uniform to cheer on the runners who were running for, you know, one of his uh, fellow military military men. But instead of Joe just cheering on the runners, the runners turned it back on him and just start, you know, shaking his hand um, and thanking him for his service while they're on their run. You know, again, this beautiful cycle of just what I call, you know, give love, get love, where it's just like you give first and you're going to get it back. And, and, and it just comes back and it kind of snowballs. And that that scene was caught by a neighbor and it literally went viral. It was on NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams. It was on all these different things, like tons of play on YouTube. And for me, it like was like, oh my gosh, we're creating something to give people an opportunity to do something special. And sometimes we can't even control whatever that special is going to be. I like to control everything and be like, oh, mariachi mile. Like I'm going to be the, I'm the magician. But the best moments are the ones where you just create a platform and then, you know, magic happens from there. That's my, that's probably my number one from, from old past events. This has been a lot of, a lot of cool ones. Dave, Dave you got one? Yeah, I'm saying I'm I'm relatively new to the run local, you know, team from a full time basis. So for me, it's what's going on right now is just it's not necessarily like this viral moment yet. Um, from an internal like team perspective, it's incredibly special. The thing that I'm seeing that's really cool is mm. we're a run local Bay Area, like that's where it started, right? And we have yep. 14 countries, right. almost all 50 states represented, hmm. um, like it's it's really cool to see something that we've built that's really true to who we are like we're not trying to develop an event in arizona it's like hey most of us live on the coast we know the california coast let's do something that we really know and share a piece of ourselves and that seems to be resonating pretty well um so it's yeah it's cool um yeah I've that's been, a great answer yeah, I've worked events uh, throughout the years, um, and there's some cool stuff that I've seen on the elite side, and 
uh, Pittsburgh Mar- the Dick's, uh, Sporting Goods Pittsburgh Marathon has been a big uh, a client of mine over the years as well. I went out there uh, once or twice almost every single year, uh, really developed a fond relationship just with the city of Pittsburgh. Love that place. Um, and there's been some cool things there. You know, even the runners like, well, let me back up. They got 7,000 kids doing their kids race. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> and so you get like the mascots, you get some of the pro athletes out there. And it's Those just dealers. one of those examples where you're yeah. like, man, running is so powerful. Like it's so right. cool. Yeah. But I think what you're even describing is an event company that we really respect there too. Like they have a very similar ethos to what we do in the Bay. Yeah, P3R yeah. is led by um, Trey, Scho- Trey Schooley right now and Caroline mm-hmm. on the partnership side. And the fact that I know these people and I know where their heart is and that they're they're deep in the community throughout the entire year, that doesn't surprise me at all. Of course their community loves them. Like it's not just about us. It's a bigger – it's bigger. It's, it's, it's the run community in general, at least the ones doing it right. Well, talk to us a little bit about some of the new ventures that you guys have kind of on the docket. Obviously, you launched the new podcast, which I am a huge proponent of. I've been listening to every oh, single cool. episode. They are Thanks. awesome. So, I mean... So, you're the one. Yep. You're the one person. I'm that, I'm that one guy. Cool. I'm that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for your review. I'm <laughs> we, we got a few hundred. Um, but talk to me a little bit about that. Obviously, Run Local, well, Soul Focus Sports is kind of has diversified their their mm-hmm. business um, assets and, and you focus on a lot of different things. That's probably one of the reasons why you can have 12 full-time employees and still, mm, you know, definitely. be able to. So, so walk us through um, some of the other things that you guys are doing at this time that aren't just the run local events. Um, what else do you have in the pipeline? What else is going on? Yeah. I'm going to let Dave answer some of that, that piece, especially because he's leading some of that marketing charge. But I think COVID like it just was a nice slap in the face, like a good slap on the ass. And like, you know what? You can't do the same things as you did yesterday. So we have this ethos. We have this message of run local. Why not tell other people and utilize these other forms of communication to spread that word and to get it out there in other forms? So, I mean, Dave, can you speak to, to, I mean, we were, we were dabbling in these things, but not like we are now. Yeah. It's uh <clears throat> You know, speaking to the story piece, it's we're trying to figure out <clears throat> and rolling out some things to tell a story between all the events and like what Run Local is. <clears throat> I think even pre-COVID, it was very event by event, <clears throat> and we had Represent Running, and there was a website for it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we never had thousands of people going to RunLocalEvents.com like we do now. <laughs> and so, being able to tell that story, you know, having merch, you know, that's new. The podcast. We're doing YouTube fitness workouts with uh, Katie, who runs our customer service. She's also a (laughs) certified personal trainer. Like she's the one literally answering every single email. Um, So I think we're scratching the surface uh, with coronavirus in terms of like how our team pivoted and started doing all these new things. Um, We're looking at how we can incorporate the communities and the people who really like have our back. Uh, month to month, year in, year out. How do we create an experience for them that runs all year long, um, mm. that incorporates all the events? Um, and training, I think, too. And and right. their motivation. Right. And, right. you know, we're almost like taking little pieces from this California Coast 500. And we're like, how can we right. implement this um, throughout? So right. I think that does dovetail nicely into what's next. You know, there's yep. 
And I think it's creating more family, more community, more team amongst the entire run local network so that you're not only getting information from it, you're supporting businesses that are supporting it. You're wearing the gear, you're listening to podcasts, seeing videos, and it, it really develops into a lifestyle, which is what I've kind of envisioned with run local uh, for years, which is it's not just running. Running is just the one common denominator that we share, but it's going into supporting local business, uh, education, kids, fitness, um, entertainment, you know, like, and people feeling like they're connected and they have a family in the Bay area. And even if they don't live here, like that, they have, that they're part of something, um, and something that I think you've done, you know, through race mob and you've done through too legit and, we're we're taking notes and but we want to do it on a massive scale to make people like feel the love yeah there might be a, a new event or two as well down the pipeline <laughs> when we get when we uh get out of oh this yeah that's gonna be sick i can't wait to tell them yeah. <laughs> and and jt i mean i know that you're a great follow on twitter i follow you on both twitter and instagram um, you've talked a lot about not only the leadership, I guess, within Run Local, but being a leader within the community. And, you know, obviously we're going through a lot of tough times these days. Um, you know, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of other things. I think you posted an amazing picture of your parents on their porch um, mm. during the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement and everything. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what's running through your head kind of during this time? Sure. Um, I think it comes down to some principles and a lot of them are, are leading with love. And if that's, you know, where I come from, uh, my mother was a, an educator for 40 plus years, my dad, an educator and a coach and two people that have been, you know, in their communities leading with love, regardless of skin color, skin color, ethnicity, background, whatever it is. My mom works still to close the achievement gap uh, between people of color and uh, other, other communities right now on an educational front. So when you're when you're faced with that every single night at the dinner table for the first 20 years of your life or whatever it is, it's not it hits home when you start to see it out in the streets and you're like, oh, my gosh, not everybody's thinking about fixing these problems the way we are. Um, I have since been protesting some. My parents can't protest. So we invented a thing for them called porch protest. I invite everyone to check it out on Instagram where it's like people over 70 years old, like make your sign and we're going to put it up on Instagram. So at porch protest, hashtag porch protest. Um, but for me, it's it was frustrating first. I think I even put a, a video up on Instagram where I'm like, F this, F that you know, on, on terms of like the racism that was like, you know, just it, it angering you and coach B, I can't even imagine like what you felt at that time, but then it turns into what are we going to do? Like, let's get down to business. Let's, and, and for me, it's, it's action oriented now. Um, and we couldn't as a company answer that question immediately. And what I really loved about our company is how meaningful they made it to not come out with a statement right away and just put up a black square on their Instagram page and not say anything or do anything else with it. Cause I think there's a whole lot of lip service in that way. So we became, I think very definitive in that we started educating internally. We've got a, a history professor on our staff, Justin Coburn, uh, that teaches a race in America class. He basically took us to school, um, as a, as a company, uh, in terms of videos to watch books that we were almost you know forced to read. You can read whatever you want, but suggested reading inside soul focus and, and run local events that started number one, two is what we're going to do about it. And that's where we saw eight can't wait 
Um, this is a Campaign Zero uh, nonprofit started by DeRay. If you've ever heard Pod Save the People, DeRay's the, the guy, and we were able to get in touch with him. And we started a, uh, a connection with 8 Can't Wait, which are eight different policies that police departments can make all across the country that are going to make our entire community safer. So we've raised, I don't know, $5,000 or something for them uh, through the California Coast 500. So the key was like, all right, fine, be frustrated first. But two, you're getting educated and you're going to take that energy and that frustration and put it into something powerful. And three was what is that powerful? Um, and that that turned into 8 Can't Wait. And we're I don't, we're in this for the long haul. Like this is, we're not, we're not stopping just because this is a hot button issue. This is like, we're, we're going to try to find ways to make running more egalitarian, bring more people to this sport. Um, like our boy, uh, Mr. Hooked on fitness, who's gets boys in the woods, uh, Earl hooks. Like I want to make that a reality and big ass charity. So Dave, am I, I see, I get all fired up when you get me talking about this stuff. Uh, is that a good way to describe our, our company's, uh, action plan for, for Black Lives Matter? Yeah, no, that that's perfect. And that's one of the things we've been challenging ourselves with is like, how do we make this a long-term solution? Everything from like, can we turn our volunteer network to support like polling places that are oh, underserved? Yeah. That's, a- um, you know, to, you know, how do we make our community safe so that everyone can run at night? Um, you know, you accomplish that, you probably accomplish a whole host of other things as well. Um, and that's just scratching the surface. We still have to have a lot of conversations. We got to meet with a lot of people, figure out what the right things, um, to do are. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a lot of passion, I I think with a lot of us, if not all of us on staff here. Um, and that's because again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, where it's like, we know our community deserves that. Like they expect us. Like we expect ourselves to do something more. Um, so why wouldn't we? Let's see. A runner, myself, maybe 250, 300 races complete under the belt. Wow. And in all those races, I circle back to a run local event. Because something you talked about, JT, um, with uh, Joe Bell. Mm. Um, and right. that, that aha moment. That aha moment is responsible for the most cherished moment myself as a runner has experienced because my father for Mm -hmm. two, three years um, participated in the military mile. Um, And as a son of someone who served 23 years in the service, um, running in the 408K, approaching that point where your father's in full uniform. One thing he looked me, good too. Yeah. He looked good. One thing yeah. for me, but just the pride and how much love our community gave someone who served our country mm-hmm. and sacrificed so much for our freedom, profound for him. And still, some of his most uh, prized times being around uh, people in the Bay Area. He still talks about it every time. Son, when's that event? When can I get <laughs> back out there? So for I obvious reasons, he wasn't able able to get out there this past year, but. Thank you for that opportunity, um, and certainly my family's forever grateful. That's cool. Run local rocks. Oh, I love it. Awesome. We got to have them back out. Well, I'll be yeah, back. Twenty twenty one. Make mo- more of those moments. We will. I think with that, I think uh, JT, you have to, you have to. Leave <laughs> yeah, so I wish I could talk longer. I just want to say, yeah. I mean, we just want to say thank you guys so much for jumping on this podcast with us. We really appreciate all of your leadership, not only within the race community, but within our community as well. Um, 
you know, we're so thankful to have you guys here and for us to be able to partner and be friends like this. Uh, it means the world to us. So thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And thanks for having, you know, it's so fun for me to, to put the light on, on people like Dave Monaco, who are really creating some of this stuff behind the scenes. I think often too often my face is associated with all 20 million things we're doing. And it's like, (laughs) I don't even know what's, I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't worked with that client in in a year. Uh, and, and people like Dave are, are really making magic happen. So thanks for, for letting us both on. Yeah. Thanks guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the race mob podcast and getting a peek behind the curtain at one of the most innovative sports production companies in the country. You can find all the show notes online at racemob.com slash podcast, where we'll have links to run local events and JT's famous Instagram account. Plus we regularly partner with run local on giveaways and discounts. So sign up for our email list so that you don't miss out. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, we're out.